The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. You ever feel like there's a lot of talk going on, just a lot of noise, but nothing really reaches you, nothing really connects with you? Like, despite all of the access that we have through social media and technology to conversation, um, even despite being in a crowd like this, we could feel utterly alone. Larry Crabb, an author, he writes, people across the world remain alone, personally unknown, personally unobserved, personally untouched. We rarely speak words that connect who we are beneath our pretense, posturing, and political correctness to another living soul. We rarely hear words that draw our soul into the soul of another human being and together into God. We rarely hear words that draw our soul into the soul of another human being and together into God. And I think all of us in some ways can relate to some aspect of that. We've all been in situations where we've, where we've heard, where we've, we've been spoken something to us, and, and that gave us life. It's almost like life was breathed into us, and, and in that we were connected, like our souls were connected, and somehow in that connection our souls were, were drawn closer to God. But I think also on the other side, we've all experienced the exact opposite of that. We've experienced how when somebody talks to us, we've, we've been further disconnected. We've, um, we've felt more alone. Like despite somebody uh, offering words of advice or encouragement or condolences, uh, their words are just dry and leave us empty. I can remember when I was 17, uh, my mom died really unexpectedly. It was a really tragic situation in, in my family. And I could remember the day of her passing and even at her funeral, people would come up to me and, and just kind of say these really hurtful things. And, and I think that they were intended to be uh, encouraging or comforting, but they said things like, she's in a better place. God took her for a reason. Don't worry, God will only give you what you can handle. I can, I can specifically remember four or five people telling me those exact words. And instead of encouraging me, instead of my soul being connected to that person, instead of life being breathed into me, that just left me alone and it made me have more questions than it gave me answers for. And I'm sure all of us have experienced something like that where you've been in a, maybe a difficult situation or a tragic situation or you're, you're wondering what's going on in your life and somebody in an effort to condole, console you or to comfort you or to encourage you or just maybe to give you advice, they've just left you dry. And so this morning as we wrap up this sermon series called Soul Talk, We've learned about how powerful words can be, and we've learned about this eternal conversation that's existed between the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. So this morning, we're going to be talking about that invitation that's ever before us to join that conversation. And then what I'm going to suggest this morning is that by accepting that invitation to join God 
in that conversation means to abide in his word. And through abiding totally in his word, we will come to the place where the words that we speak to others are full of life. And only when we abide in him totally and completely can we come to the place where where we speak words of life. We understand that words are powerful. Just from a human standpoint, we, we, we understand that the words that we use are powerful. The Bible confirms this in James chapter 3. Uh, it says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although, they're, although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. (laughs) Talk about powerful. I grew up telling myself over and over, there's like a mantra, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And I said that to myself over and over, and I told other people that in an effort, like trying to convince myself that that was true, while all the, the while I was just being hurt more badly by words. And we can try to convince ourselves that that's real, but all of us inherently understand that the words that are spoken by people have power. They have the power and the capacity to either build up or tear down. They have the, the power and the capacity to encourage or to discourage, to love or to hate. We've all experienced that. Despite telling ourselves as children that words can't hurt us, we, and as we grow up, we begin realizing that our words have power. Our words have the capacity to build or to hurt. And so today what I want to do is pave the way for us to join into that eternal conversation that has existed between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to commune with God, to receive His words, His life, His power through abiding in Him so that the words that we speak to each other would be full of life, full of peace, full of patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control and humility. I think this is where the rubber meets the road, abiding in Jesus. It's really simple. Everything that I'm going to say this morning is really simple, and it can seem maybe overly simplistic. But I think the response is incredibly difficult to completely rely on his word, to abide in Jesus, to relentlessly remain in his word, to meditate on his word day and night, to pray constantly. This is easy to talk about and really simple, and we've all heard this before, but it's incredibly difficult. See, God is beckoning you into deep relationship to commune with him, moment by moment, to commune with God. He's asking you, he's, lo- he's longing for you to be in this intimate relationship with him. 
And the Holy Spirit is actively even now drawing you into that relationship. And so that invitation to join him in that conversation is ever present. It's ever before us. And all we've got to do is say yes to that and join him. And what that looks like is abiding in him. Only when we accept that invitation to join him in that conversation by communing with him through abiding in his word can we find the ability to speak life to others. So let's dive into scripture together. Turn with me to Colossians 3. We're going to move through a couple of passages together. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Set your hearts on things above. Set your minds on things above. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When you've accepted that invitation to join Jesus and follow him, your life is gone and you now are hidden with Christ in God. You, the old has passed away, the new has come. You've been renewed in your mind. So set your mind, set your hearts on things above, not on earthly things. Let the word of Christ dwell in you as you teach. Let the word of Christ dwell in you as you speak. Let the word of Christ dwell in you as you admonish, as you correct, as you give advice. Let the word of Christ dwell in you as you preach. Don't you wish that's the way it is? (laughs) I wish that this is the way that... that, uh, I mean, normal conversation happens. I think so often we, we just shoot from the hip and we, we in an effort to, to be clever or to be funny or to be whatever, we, we just make, make things up and it leaves people dry. What does it look like for the word of Christ to dwell in you? This is soul talk. When the word of Christ dwells in you as you teach, it dwells in you as you speak. That is soul talk. So we're going to be spending the rest of our time together uh, unpacking what this looks like. See, we want to be people who speak words of life. 
speak to one another in a way that connects our souls together. And somehow in that connection, our souls are drawn to God. We want to speak to each other with wisdom, with love, with peace, with patience. We want to be clothed with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. So what does it look like for the word of Christ to dwell among us? Let's turn to John chapter 15. This is after the triumphal entry. Jesus is in Jerusalem hanging out with his disciples and he's in a series of farewell addresses and he knows that he will soon be lifeless on a tree, the crucified king. And we're going to have the amazing opportunity to sit in that come Friday. But this morning, we find ourselves in John 15, and Jesus says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruits, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. It's powerful. Abide in me and I will abide in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must abide in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man abides in me, And I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. So Jesus graciously reminds us that to be his means to bear fruit. And to bear fruit, we bear fruit by abiding in him. So what does it mean to bear fruit? It means simply this, to grow in godly character. Bearing fruit means to grow in godly character, to become more like Christ to reflect the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, through 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How sweet it would be if our words were marked by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We grow in godly character, we bear fruit, we produce the fruit of the Spirit by abiding in Jesus. We cannot expect to speak words of life to people if we're not first abiding in Jesus. Jesus says that when you abide in me, you will produce fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Your words will be empty. Your words will be hollow if you're not abiding in his word. So you abide in Jesus, you enter into his deep conversation, you you receive words of life through him, and out of an overflow of that, you can find the place where you speak words of life to others. So what does it mean to abide? 
The dictionary just simply defines abiding as to accept or act in accordance with a rule, decision, or recommendation. The synonyms are obey, observe, follow, uphold, heed, or accept. This definition isn't too far off with what Jesus is asking us to do here in John 15. But before he gets to the meaning of abiding, can we put uh, John 15 back up on there? On the screen somehow? Before he gets to the meaning of abiding, he gives us an idea of what it looks like not to abide in him. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. I think, I think about some of the plants that I've tried to grow in my house over the years. Uh, over time, I forget to water it. I choke it from its needed nourishment. And one day I wake up, and there it is on the windowsill, dead, brown, withered away, gross looking. It didn't just happen overnight, right? Like you, you forget to water your plant a day and then the next day it's not dead, but it's a pattern of neglect. I think that's what Jesus is, is saying here. Over time, as I've neglected to pour into his conversation and abide in his word, That's what it means not to abide, is slowly over time, you will just one day wake up and find yourself dry. Find yourself withered away and disgusting. The words that you are speaking are just empty. By not abiding in him, we find ourselves lacking the nourishment we need. The fruit of the Spirit, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, that is proof of our faith. That's proof that we're abiding in Jesus. So if we want our words to be marked by those things, we need to receive them first by Jesus. And it's not really until verse 10 that we get a a picture of what it looks like to abide in Jesus. He says, if you obey my commands, you will abide in my love. And earlier in John chapter 8, 31, Jesus says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Jesus is saying that the mark of a disciple is this lasting, persevering, enduring, abiding, remaining in his word. Remain in his word. Don't let it leave you. That's what it means. Don't let the word of Jesus, don't let this holy word leave you. Don't leave it. Abide in it. Be ever reminded of those words. Only when we abide in Jesus, that is when we have joined into this conversation and have communed with him. And only then can we, have, can we find the ability to speak to the soul of another. We cannot do it on our own. We can't just keep going on through life and expecting to get by and speak words of life and peace and comfort to others when, when we're not totally and consistently, daily and every moment abiding in Jesus. I know we've all heard this before, but this is where the rubber meets the road. Every moment of every day abiding in the word of Jesus, 
receiving his life. There's so much life in this book. Abide in it. Don't let it leave you. This is how the word of Christ dwells in you. How do you clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility and gentleness? It's through abiding in his word, abiding in him, receiving his wisdom, his compassion, his kindness, his humility, his gentleness, so that as you're speaking to others, it's just an overflow of what you're already receiving in abiding in him. So as we wrap up, how do we abide in him? Just a couple simple, practical thoughts for you. We abide in Jesus and we accept that invitation to join his conversation through, number one, constant prayer. And number two, consistent meditation on his word. We abide in Jesus through constant prayer and consistent meditation on his word. Our desire for the refuge for you is that we would be utterly devoted to prayer. Constant prayer, that we would pray without ceasing. Private prayer, prayer in our community groups, congregational prayer, extraordinary times of prayer. Prayer and fasting, adoring prayer, repenting prayer, requesting prayer, prevailing prayer, healing prayer, authentic prayer. Our prayer is that we would be a people of prayer, that we would be receiving, we would be joining Jesus in this conversation, joining God and the Holy Spirit in this eternal, beautiful conversation of love, joy, peace, and patience, that we would be prayerful, And join that through prayer so that the words we speak to others would be full of those things. If constant prayer is the soil through which biblical truth is continually spoken to each other, continually preached, continually taught, then we will know God. Only then will we know God. And then we will join this conversation And then we will speak words of life to those around us. And there's power in realizing that we're new at this. Prayer is is like learning a language. It takes time. It takes effort. It um, It takes effort. It's learning a language. We need to practice this. It's okay that we're new at this. We can incorporate prayer in the simple moments of our day. It doesn't just need to be kneeling by a bed and praying, God, this, this, and this, amen. But weave the conversation into your normal day. Like Wednesday, driving across the bridge, did you see how amazing those mountains were on Wednesday? Like, wow, God, thank you. You're beautiful. I adore you for this moment. Thank you so much. When you get an amazing cup of coffee on Tuesday morning and you're like, yes, mm. <laughs> sweet nectar, thank you, Jesus, for making the cocoa bean. Or not cocoa bean, I'm thinking of chocolate all of a sudden. What is it, a coffee bean? Is it, called a, <laughs> is it just a coffee bean? It's not cocoa. I also love chocolate. You can, you can thank God in the simplicity of your life. Because every good gift comes from him. You can thank him for good gifts. 
You have an amazing and a beautiful friend that visits from California. You can thank God for that. Weave that conversation into the simple moments of your day and you'll find yourself being refreshed. You'll find yourself communing with God in a beautiful and simple and new way. Communing with God is a beautiful thing and that is available to all of us. We don't need to wait to come to to church on Sunday morning to worship God or to adore God or to learn about God or to pray to God. This is available every moment of every day. We can do this. We can communicate with God. We can receive his words and his power and his life. It's beautiful. And how do we consistently meditate on his word? Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the word of the Lord. And on his word, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water. His leaf does not wither. Not so the wicked, for they're like chaff. Be blown away. Swept up into the fire and burned. A simple thought but a really difficult application, memorize scripture. Because when you're driving across the Minette Bridge and you see the amazing mountains and you're like, whoa, it's awesome. It allows you, memorizing the words of scripture allows you to meditate on the word of God when you don't have a Bible in front of you. It allows you to weave prayer and weave that conversation through the simple moments of your day. Memorize scripture. We know that it's not just enough to memorize scripture because we know that Satan memorizes scripture, right? But let's start there. Let's start with memorizing the words of God so that his words would ever be present on our mind. Once we memorize scripture, begin memorizing scripture, we can, (laughs) it starts shaping our mind, Like when I'm driving down the road and it's just a beautiful day and there's a tree there, this beautiful alder tree. I'm thinking, wow, blessed is he who meditates on his word day and night because he's like a tree planted by streams of water. It shapes the way we view the world. And if we can shape the way we view the world into the way God sees the world through meditating consistently on his word, man, what life we would have constant prayer, consistent meditation on his word. Think about what that could mean for us as a church, all hundred of us or whatever, totally abiding in Jesus, receiving his words, speaking words of life to each other. How amazingly refreshing that would be. How excited we would be to get together with each other. Not, not to say I'm not excited to be with you guys, but how awesome that would be if each one of us were just like speaking words of life always with each other. Constant prayer, being swept up into that conversation, receiving his words, consistent meditation on his word. 
That's how we establish deep conversation with God. And as an overflow of that, that's how we can establish deep conversation with each other. How amazing it would have been when my mom died to have somebody speak life into me, to speak the comfort of Jesus into me at that moment. How refreshing it would have been, would it have been in that moment to know that Jesus is with me. We have the capacity in each one of us to speak words of life. Accept that invitation to join into that deep conversation of God. Receive those words from Him so that we can speak those words to other people. Let's be people who are deeply connected into this conversation of God. Invested in that conversation through speaking to him constantly, weaving prayer throughout the simple moments of your day, meditating on his word day and night, memorizing scripture. That's the glorious gospel thing. I had a card, wherever it is, whatever. We have these cards, the glorious gospel. It's just a simple opportunity for us as a church to memorize scripture together. We don't talk about, yeah, sweet, thank you. This one. Every month we're just memorizing something new. This, what I'm saying isn't new. We're doing this and we're try, we want to be people who memorize the word of God. Let's do this together. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you have invited us into your beautiful, eternal, and loving conversation. Forgive us, Lord, for times that we fail and we try to do things on our own. But I pray, Father, that we would be people who speak words of life, that we would first abide in you totally and completely, receive your words and your life so that we can speak words of life to others. Amen.